Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the third hour of today for a Monday, November 15th. So excited to have our good buddy, Maria Schrauber. Not just today, not just tomorrow, uh, all, all week. week. Yes. yes. I got to get in shape for the good whole morning. week. Yeah, getting up early again. Yeah, it's so exciting. Oh, all that good stuff. It's the first time I've seen Maria in, in a year and a half. I wasn't here the last time she was here. Mm -hmm. I told her backstage, I was like, the pandemic's been very good oh, to you. She's hashtag goals. That's yeah. what I mean, I you're like, you look more refreshed than you did before the global uh, pandemic. I am more refreshed because I've been go. working well, until Friday. And, and, <laughs> a grand, and a grandbaby will do that for you, too. That's for sure. Well, we have a good show on this, your first day. You're not first day, but you know, first day of the week. Got it. We were just talking about the fact that Ernie Hudson is here, actor. He's live in the studio. He's reprising his iconic Ghostbusters role in the latest version of the franchise. It is so good. And we're going to catch up. He'll talk about what it's like to revisit his character and work once again with Bill Murray nearly 40 oh. years after the original movie. There was a huge crowd out Hard on the plaza believe. this morning. I know, all they found up. out he was here. They were all in their Ghostbusters uniforms. I'm telling you. And then now there'll be a whole, whole new group of people <laughs> who will Can't love wait. it. And then after we catch up with Ernie, it's Monday. That means it's Make-Ahead Monday. And here's the thing. We've got some food royalty in Studio 1A. He's going to talk about some food that never goes stale. Best-selling cookbook author, Mark Bateman is Bateman. here. Bateman here in 1A to show us how to turn that leftover bread into not one, but two dishes that your family will love, including some cookies. It's Bateman bread. Bitman bread. Bitman bread. I almost sat on Bitman bread in there oh. because it was in the chair where I had oh, my no. bag and I was like, oh, this I don't is bread think you need a hatchet. That's special <laughs> no. bread. Don't we almost lost bread. the Bitman bread, but. All right. Well, before we get to the headlines, sometimes we know Monday mornings can be a bit of a challenge to get motivated. But Maria, you posted this great quote of yours on Instagram. We were all talking about it this morning. Do you want to uh, share it with us? Okay, I can all share right, it, it with is. you. It says, go yeah. have yourself one hell of a week. We always talk about, like, mm -hmm. oh, I had a hell of a week in a bad right. way. It says, go forward with that intention. Have conviction about it. Make it so. Life is fragile. Don't waste a week doubting yourself, guilting yourself, or playing small. Mm. Move forward with your head high and your shoulders back. Let's go. Let's, wow. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go. You know, I, Happy we, Monday. We like to go forward, but I want to go back just for a little bit. Okay. I have a picture. Uh, uh -oh. When I first met Maria, oh, wow. this was the first year wow. of wow. Sunday today, 34 wow. years ago. 1987, Maria uh, and Bill McAtee were the anchors. Garrick Utley was the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Boyd Matson were the anchors. Uh, Garrick Utley was the newsreader. Bill McAtee did sports. That's a and, team. And I did weather. Look at that. That's a picture. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a really long time. That was the beginning of Sunday today, That's right? right. Mm -hmm. That's right. What a ride that Here was. Here we are. We so, should mention that. We're the survivors. Quote. We're survivors. Yes, yeah. The quote was from your newsletter, right? The yeah, I put up on Instagram every Sunday, I have a Sunday paper. Yeah. But on Sunday nights, I put up these Sunday evening reminders, which have just become kind of people wait for them. Because I didn't know that everybody was having a difficult time with Sunday evenings. My son was like, duh. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So, but anyway. Leave it to your kids. Leave it to your kids. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Thank so you. good having you here, Maria. Thanks, Thanks for that. Uh, let's get to the headlines this morning. Starting, uh, we will take a look at a friend of mine uh -huh. who arrived at our studio this weekend. The 30 Rock Tree. He is back. <laughs> 
79 foot how Norway you know spruce. How do you know it's a heat? Yeah. Because he has told Thank me. Thank you. Oh. Thank you, Craig. Yes, he I told me. She stood he out there. I walked by her this morning. Me. She is big he and majestic. And her shoulders are back. He her called head in. is high. We have spoken she looks with gorgeous. <laughs> and she is strong. And what? men are trying to hold her up. That's what I saw when I walked by this morning. Did you now? Yes. So now we've got the first controversy of the tree season. It's going to be a hell of a week. I can see it now. Anyway, uh, it made the, <laughs> the trip all the way from Maryland, now getting all decked out in preparation for the big night. Tree will be decorated with more than 50,000 lights and a star covered in 3 million crystals. A woman, for sure. This is, no, this no, is no, a no, live picture. Why would you say yes. that? Is this a live picture? This yeah, is keep, live going, picture. keep going, keep going, This is live? Oh, wow. Everybody likes wearing crystals and getting glammed up. Anyway, <laughs> the annual tree lighting is Wednesday, December 1st. They're on the top floor there. Uh, and you will catch it live right here on NBC. Here, here's the thing. The tree, obviously, of course, is, is, the, is the spectacle. It's, mm -hmm. the, it's the show. But the workers who get that oh, thing yeah. together, yeah. Yeah. Yes. the wow. speed with which they move, over right. the weekend to get Wire the scaffolding that thing up. up and so we're looking forward to getting that uh, that tree um, decked out, whatever it is. Uh, meanwhile, this morning, a new push for vaccine boosters for all adults as a number of states are seeing an increase in COVID cases, sparking concern over a possible fifth wave of the virus. The three states, California, Colorado, and New Mexico, are, are now allowing the extra shots for all adults mm -hmm. And they're doing that even though federal health officials recommend limiting boosters to those considered most at risk. Meantime, with children newly eligible for the vaccine, more than one million of them, more than a million kids have already received at least one dose. Wow. Also this morning, there are some new concerns about holiday travel. AAA predicts 0.2 million people will be flying over the extended Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Whoa. Airlines say they are aggressively staffing up to well, avoid a potential... What did I say? 2.2 .2 million. Okay, 4.2. <laughs> With Southwest offering its staff frequent flyer miles, I love Al, worth up to $1,400 if they work over the holidays. Wow. And American Airlines is offering employees $1,000 bonuses for perfect attendance over the next seven weeks. Wow. And I flew last night. How was it? Well, I flew in the morning, actually, and I was saying to Al this morning before he corrected me that, uh, <laughs> that the well, lights were gonna, out. The lights were, it's going to be a stay in the middle. Yeah, yes. I am. Right here. Stay in my lane. Right That's good. But they, I got on an early morning flight and they kept the lights off the entire flight which so I thought strange. was so unusual and then somebody said it was to keep people calm mm. so that there was no disruptions I don't know if that's true wow. but and they need to pay people because the last thing they want is to have a domino effect where people are getting to their flights and can't get them sure. because of personnel oh, it was issues. crowded in the airport. Wow. wow. People are making up for lost time. Let's get to that other story that's got a lot of royal watchers a bit anxious. It happened over the weekend. Queen Elizabeth withdrawing at the last minute from a Remembrance Day ceremony. It's a ceremony that she rarely misses. Buckingham Palace says that the Queen has a sprained back now. It's been now nearly a month since the Queen's been seen in public. And here with more on what this might mean is NBC News royal commentator Daisy McAndrew. Daisy, good morning to you. Good morning to you guys. Well, just to put it in perspective, this was only the seventh time the queen missed the ceremony over the course of her 69-year reign. The other few times she was pregnant or overseas. So she's been dealing with different health issues since the end of October. Is there any update on how she's, she's doing? Well, you're absolutely right that this is not an event that the Queen would want to miss under any circumstances. As you said, she's only missed six before, all for very, very valid reasons. 
The update is that the palace are reassuring us that the sprained back that caused her to pull out yesterday is unrelated to the other issues. And I think we can take that as read because she pulled out so close to when she was meant to be just down the road at the Foreign Office. It would seem that the pain that she was uh, getting in her back simply wouldn't have stood up to a car journey here, yeah. walking up lots of steps. It's a long walk to the balcony and then standing in the cold for some time. So she stayed in Windsor, where we know she's comfortable. She's got her beloved horses, her puppies, her budgerigars, which I know give her a lot of pleasure, her jigsaw puzzles, but she is still doing light duties. So I think we'll see her on some kind of Zoom in the next few days, really just to reassure the rest of us that she is OK. That would be really great. Uh, so Remembrance Day seems like it's very much like our Veterans Day here. What was the mood like at the ceremony and in the area without the Queen being there? Yeah. You're right, it absolutely is like your Veterans Day. It's when the nation comes together to remember the fallen war dead. And, of course, the Queen being the head of the armed forces and having been married uh, to uh, a man who saw active service, had a son, Prince Andrew, who saw active service in the Falklands, a grandson, Prince Harry, who saw active service in Afghanistan. And, in fact, the Queen is the only living head of state who herself was a veteran. When she was 13, living at Buckingham Palace, the war started. It was heavily bombed in 1940. By the time the war ended, she was actually serving herself as a, as a female auxiliary member. The mood uh, was obviously very sad that she was there. And it was interesting, when there was a rendition of God Save the Queen, it definitely seemed louder, more urgent, more emotional than it has done in previous years. I did not know that about yeah, him either. Wow. The oh, history good. this woman has seen is amazing. It's incredible. We are wishing wow. her well this morning. Daisy McGandrew. Thank you, Daisy. All right. Well, coming up, we're going to kick off our week-long cost of care series mm. that focuses on caregiving concerns. This morning, a look at latchkey kids and why they are on the rise these days. And then how a group of men going through tough times, finding comfort and healing in a very unlikely but peaceful place. Third hour of today, we'll be right back. We are back, and we're so excited to kick off a special new series, and it's all about the cost of care, focusing on caregiving concerns. This is so important. This morning, we're taking a look at a new generation of latchkey kids, school-age children left home alone to care for themselves while their parents work. NBC's Kristen Dalgan joins us now with more. Kristen, good morning. Hey, good morning. Yeah, this is something that we all understand during the pandemic. Many families it upended their child care as they knew it. Schools closed. As a result, so did the after-school programs. Many families were nervous about bringing babysitters into their homes because of COVID risks. And then there is the cost. We met two families who say they're making the most of a challenging situation. Every day after school, 12-year-old Grace walks home, goes into her empty house, locks the door behind her, and pulls up her mom on FaceTime. How was your math test? It was actually pretty easy. A thousand miles away in Florida. Everything okay? It's much the yeah. same. Siblings Jayla, Jeremiah, and Jace saying hi to their mom, Brittany. Love you. Before diving into after-school snacks. I'm making a popcorn. They're a new generation of latchkey kids, home alone and serving as their own caretakers while their parents work. Latchkey kids. The term latchkey kids entered the national vernacular in the 1980s. Working moms became the new normal. But by 2011, thanks to an explosion in after school care programs, the number of kids left home alone dropped dramatically by 40%. Then came the pandemic. 
having, you know, 7.7 million children in 2020 who don't have access to um, to care and are left alone and unsupervised is certainly a concern. Child care experts say the pandemic made millions of children latchkey kids overnight, with scores of after-school programs shuttered and remaining programs raising prices and reducing available slots. Grace's parents had to return to in-person work early in the pandemic. With schools closed, the Rhode Island couple struggled with childcare costs. Where I live, we're not finding a babysitter for less than 15 to $20 an hour. And they worried about a babysitter inadvertently bringing COVID into the home. In the case of Brittany, a single mom who asked that we not reveal her last name due to safety concerns, it's been difficult to find babysitters who can reliably work the hours she needs at a rate she can afford. On top of a full-time day job, she now works a second job several nights a week from 8 p.m. to midnight. Had you been looking for childcare? Yeah, I've looked for childcare, but it's really expensive. When you're a single parent, you have bills. And the cost of living is not what you get paid. So trying to afford childcare, it's crazy. Brittany's kids ages 11, 9, and 7 say they've learned to adapt to being home alone for the most part. So when your mom's gone at work, you guys sleep in the same room? Yes. And that makes you feel better? A little. And you do that because you guys are scared? No, I'm not oh. scared. He's, he's like the one that will get scared. When she's not home, Brittany monitors them with the help of her phone and a series of cameras she installed throughout the house. Up in Rhode Island, Grace has learned to cook on a gas stove. It was really hard. I didn't know how to like turn like on the stove. It's easier now. I can cook quesadillas, grilled cheese. As an only child, she says she gets lonely, but she's grateful for the companionship of her dog. <laughs> in the vast majority of states, there are no laws in place dictating a specific age at which a child can be left home alone. In states like Florida, for example, where Brittany lives, it's up to a parent to determine when a child is ready. The moms say leaving kids home alone isn't a choice they wanted to make, but were forced to make. One more example of families making the best of difficult pandemic situations. I know as a mom, I have guilt about everything. Yeah. Do you have that mom guilt? In the beginning, I did. It was just, why do I have to put my kids through this? Am I a bad mom for this? And you don't want the judgment, but at the end of the day, you have to make the decisions that's best for your family. And this may just be the tip of the iceberg as more people return to work. The one stat that really floored me is that in many places, the cost of child care sure. is about the same as a community college education. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And so that's been before the pandemic, and now this is just accelerating. That's a now, the, what, both families made this difficult decision about leaving kids home alone. Moving forward, are they going to still make those decisions or different? They said it's working for them. You know, each family said that they felt confident that their kids were taking care of things after school. They felt like they were safe. Look, technology has changed things. Sure. I know no, I was a latchkey kid, we were talking. Same here, same here. And now there are cameras that the moms can sort of dip in and peek on what the kids are yeah. doing. There's FaceTime so they Tracking can have these conversations. Right? right? Yeah. And so it's technology has made it a little easier, but it is such an individual. But you make a good point there. I think the definition of a latchkey kid, as a result of some of that technology you mentioned, the definition has changed dramatically. Yeah. If all of your kids have cell phones, yeah. you know. But well, it's true. But bottom line, childcare is too expensive. Ew. Everywhere. 
right. everywhere. Right. No question yeah. about Kristen, it's a good story. You. You good to see you in person. I know. Thank you, you guys Have you too. met our friend Maria Shriver? I know. It's nice to see everyone. This is like a little reunion here. We go way back with Elmo in the green room. Oh, that's right. That's right. Happy Monday. All right. When we come back, we will meet a group of women, of men, facing adversity. They find relief on the river and empower each other through courageous conversations. And then later, Ghostbusters star Ernie Hudson will join us live. We'll chat about the return of his classic character and his hit TV show. We'll be right back. This morning in our Brotherhood series, a story about men who share a bond, a bond they never really wanted cancer. But amid their battles and the physical and emotional toll that the disease itself takes, these men have found healing and empowerment in the unlikeliest of places. Take a look. It's a quiet fall morning in rural Virginia, and underneath the surface of this gentle river, there are trout to catch. Soon, a group of men arrive. They get their waders and boots on, rods and reels ready. For the next two days, trying to hook one of those elusive fish will be their mission. A distraction from the one thing they all have in common, living with cancer. I'm not thinking about cancer, crystal blue skies and the river and great people around you. It's just an emotional heal. The 14 men are here thanks to Real Recovery. It's an organization that hosts fly fishing retreats free of charge for men with all types and stages of the disease. Stan Golub co-founded the group in 2003 with fly fisherman Stu Brown, who was battling stage four brain cancer. We had four guys all from Stu's physician, all with brain cancer. And we taught him how to fish. We shed tears, we laughed. It was an incredible, miraculous experience for a first go around. Brown died later that year, but thanks to grants, donors, and volunteers, Real Recovery grew and has now held more than 300 retreats all across the country for men of any skill level. Like 46-year-old dad, Jamie Perfetto. In October 2019, I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. I don't know how to fish, really. I'm back into fishing because my six-year-old son wants to fish, and I want to be with him to fish, so. <clears throat> 44-year-old Matthew Parker has found here an entirely new kind of support in his three-year fight against breast cancer. Having breast cancer as a dude, uh, it's rare, it's super rare. All my support groups are predominantly women. With this group, I have the male side, and we all share this common bond. After a morning on the river, the men take a break for what's called a courageous conversation where they are invited to open up about their personal battles or anything else they want to share. I never felt alone anymore. Sometimes, you know, we try to like hide it um, and having men around you, this is gonna be part of my life now. It's this part of the retreat that many participants like Garth Callahan say is life-changing. I'm 52 and I have incurable metastatic kidney cancer. I have about 10 tumors in my torso right now. Although there are 14 different stories, it's easier to share the burden. I'll tell you, honestly, I didn't, I didn't expect that. We have uh, literally saved lives. I mean, men have come suicidal with guns in their trunk and want to go fishing one more time. And we've turned them around. 
Another of the group's rituals, signing their fishing vest, as more than 3,700 men in this brotherhood have done. When you put this vest on, feel the strength and courage that flows through these names and through these men who've worn them before. Also on the vests is the group's motto, be well, fish on. And so they do, finding that, at least for today, it's the best treatment around. I love the nature, just experiencing life. With cancer, you just learn to take each moment, you know, and, and enjoy, enjoy this day. This is one of the first times, I think, in the last 10 years where I've woken up and really didn't have to worry about doctor's visits or chemo. It's a great day. And you know, the group has also uh, recently gone global as well. They, they, they have been holding retreats in Australia, New Zealand, with plans for Iceland next year. They say they want to go wherever there are men with cancer who want to fish and where they have willing volunteers to make it happen. You know, I've talked one-on-one -on -one with guys who've talked about prostate cancer, but the idea of a group yeah. to be able to sit there and share is uh, really, to me, one of the most amazing ideas it's I've ever needed. heard. Community. Yeah, yeah. Community. Yeah, it's good. Always helps. Mm. All right, still ahead. Oh, no, that's you. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> that's I'm right. not Roker. No, you are. But uh, who are you going to call? He's Ernie Hudson, and he is here talking about bringing back his iconic Ghostbuster character, Winston Zeddemore, in a brand new movie and his other great TV show. Then later, entrepreneur and social media sensation Gary Vee, live with his best advice for making it big in business and your personal life. Third hour today, I'll be right back. We could not be more excited because we are catching up with the great Ernie Hudson. Ernie starred in the iconic Ghostbusters film as Winston Zeddemore, and now he's reprising his role in the new movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife. It follows a young girl named Phoebe who finds some strange equipment in her late grandfather's hideout. That's right. With the help of her teacher, played by Paul Rudd, and one of her classmates, they try testing some of that equipment out. Yeah. Ernie Hudson, good to see you. Good to see well, you. thank you. It's great to be here with you guys. I'm, yeah. uh, yeah, it's really a lot of fun. You know, I tell you, I, I saw the movie. Chanel saw it, too. And besides being true to the original, it is a really emotional roller coaster, you know, besides all the other things that you come to expect. Was, was that really kind of important, uh, you know, for the, for the movie to go forward? Yeah, I think so. I think the fans have been so amazing. They've been there for almost 40 years, and they've wow. been loyal to it. They've turned their cars into ectomobiles. <laughs> so I'm glad the movie delivers, and I'm so proud of Jason uh, Reitman, who directed it and, um, you know, wrote it, and it's, yeah, it's a wonderful film. So Jason, who you said directed, wrote it, is the son of Ivan Reitman, who directed the first the, one, Ivan produced that. The first that, two, yeah. The first two, yeah. So was this a big uh, transition? What was that like for you to work with somebody you'd probably seen as a little boy? I remember Jason as six years old, running around wow. the set on the first movie, and in the second movie, he does a, a, a small part in the very beginning of it, but to see him now all grown up, and he's established his career, he's a wonderful director, and to take over the helm here, it's just, it's, it's 
it's I'm I'm just honored to be a part of it. Well, speaking of kids, they're not kids anymore, but we had they're, you know they're not little kids. Finn Wolf uh, Wolfhard and McKenna Grace, two of the actors in Ghostbusters, were here with us here in the third hour today. They are a delight, by the way, <laughs> and they were talking about how the proton packs were so heavy or were not as heavy as what you guys had. Do you remember that? Yeah, because I think when they made the first proton packs, they actually made them out of metal and they were really so heavy. They were really hard. They're Bill really Murray heavy, mentioned yeah. that to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah Billy would uh, complain a bit about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid to complain. So, but uh, but uh, the new one now, you know, is new material. It's much lighter. So funny. And a lot of fun. Yeah. Like in my day, it was heavy. Yeah. What was it like working with Bill Murray again? And and did you know Ernie back then? that this was going to be a franchise that has the staying power that it does. Did you know it was going to be a huge hit? Uh, yeah, I said, uh, 40 years from now, I'm going to be on the Today Show. <laughs> no, I, you, you never know. I, I knew it would be a hit, but I, I had no idea that 10 years, 15, 20 years later, yeah. uh, people would be, as he turned their Volkswagens into Ectomobiles, and that's amazing to me that they've been so loyal and, um, and love the movie the way they do. And work with Bill Murray again? Working with Bill is always fun. I, I love, I love, oh, actually, all the guys were so welcoming. They, I consider them all friends. And um, yeah, but I, but I love Billy. That's awesome. Yeah, so this is such an iconic franchise, but you also do a lot of other stuff, right? So I, yeah. yeah, you're doing the third season of Family Business. Family Business on uh, BET. I've been very fortunate. I've been acting for over 55 years. Jeez. Wow. Um, my son is 56, That's and I was 56. acting before he was born. So, and I've been, I've been just had a, a wonderful career, and I'm so thankful. And uh, yeah, Family Business is out now, the yeah. third season. Yeah, and and you know it, it. You were here back in 2015. Yeah, uh, and and we want to right a wrong. We had a, a basket of <laughs> of swag for you. Well, your birthday is coming up, so we have another basket for okay. you. Uh, well, not quite a basket to finish the basket. We didn't have the Winston's at a moment. Here we go. Yay. Action figure. Yes. So we wanted to make sure we completed the set for it. <laughs> well, I'm so a thankful. basket with everybody's picture on it, but, but him and but everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. Well, well, there was a T-shirt, a Ghostbuster T-shirt with four guys and Danny Aykroyd twice. And I'm like... Yeah. Really? Yeah. I know. I know. We made a mistake. So it was our bad. It's all we good. Wanted to in correct. 2021. There you have it. That's funny. <laughs> really? That's funny. Took hey, us six years it? to make it right. But I didn't know how to respond, so I just didn't say anything. I know, and we appreciated that. And the fact that you came back <laughs> yeah. speaks volumes about who you are. That's funny. So thank you. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife hitting theaters this Friday. I love it. It won't disappoint. You're going to love it. All right. Coming up, entrepreneur Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, better known as Gary. V. That's what I'm used to, yeah. And he wants to help you too. He's sharing the top emotional traits, he says, we should all master at work. And then in our Make Head Monday, food legend Mark Bittman's here to transform a simple loaf of bread into tasty cookies your entire family would devour. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Our next guest, an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, best-selling author, and CEO of the creative agency VaynerMedia. He doesn't sleep. He just plugs himself in at night. <laughs> yeah. uh, you may know him as Gary Vaynerchuk from social media, where he gives business advice to aspiring entrepreneurs and artists who are looking to build their brands. Well, now Gary is out with a brand new book called 12 and a Half, leveraging the emotional ingredients necessary for business success. And he's here this morning to tell us all about it. Good morning, Gary. Gary Good morning, gang. Okay, 
Thank you. Twelve and a half. Yes. Why a half? And you call these soft skills. Yeah. Well, the world calls them soft skills. Mm -hmm. You know, the world calls kindness or empathy or compassion a soft skill. My argument is they've actually always been the business hard skills, and it's time to have a different perspective on it. The reason I called it 12 and a half is even though the guy we just saw in the clips and content like this, I have very strong candor, me, the actual manager, the operator for the last 25 years has struggled with candor one-on-one -on -one with employees, and I speak really? about it. Yeah. But you, the, you struggle with kind candor. Well, I rebranded it to myself, and I talk about it in the book as, once I called it kind candor, I used to think that candor scared people. Mm -hmm. And I think fear is very scary when you're running a business, and, and just in life, I don't like fear. And I just didn't have a great relationship with candor, and I go into that here, and that's why I talk about, you know, patience or humility being skills that people struggle with when they run a company or lead something, and that's the argument of the book. You know, I like these words. You have accountability, optimism, empathy, and you can do that and be firm at the same time. I think employees will respect that, frankly. When you name those three words, I think most of the people watching right now don't think of those as, like, the hardcore business, right. like, you're gonna win things. Thing, and that's the point. I, I actually genuinely believe this. This is not like over coddling. Like I'm trying to buy, build an empire, mm -hmm. but I think you can through kindness. And I don't think most people think you can. No. Yeah, Gary, one of the things you talk about is self-awareness. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, I've, all of these skills seem like, not just for business, but this is your, about the business of you yes. and your relationships. But self-awareness, how important yeah. is that? I genuinely believe it's the, the punchline of all of this. Mm -hmm. If you're not in tune with how others perceive you or you're lying to yourself or you think you're tricking others, mm -hmm. you go through a path of anxiety. It, it ultimately doesn't play out. Where is the line between someone who is self-aware and someone else who says, well, you know what, it doesn't matter because I am who I am or I don't care what other people think. Where is the line there? The line is the results. Mm. <laughs> the yeah. line, right? Yeah. That's what's so fun about business and sports. It's on paper. In life, it's kind of gray for all of us, right? Real, the real world is gray. Business and sports have points. They have results. Let's, let's talk about sports for a second, yeah. Gary, because I, I heard that in terms of long-term plans, Gary V wants to own the Jets. Is that true? That is true. Please. I, I, know. I know. I know. Or the Giants, for that matter. You're going to need some soft skills, some skills to do that. The process of trying to buy the Jets has been the great joy of my life. You know, I, I want to, but if Sally buys them in 13 years, I'll be more than fine. It's that when you have a big professional goal, it allows you to kind of keep playing your game. Uh. I'm a real entrepreneur. I'm not, I was doing this before the accolades. I was doing this when I was doing wine with you in this yeah. studio. Yeah. I love my process. Of course, with entrepreneurship, things come along with it. Money, awareness, I get that, I'm aware of that. But if you're a true entrepreneur, you're actually far more like an artist than you are like the way the world perceives it. That's the point of what I'm trying to make here. We can have a different conversation about business. I love that because these skills aren't taught in business school, mm. right? Young kids coming out, they think it's the grit, it's the toughness, it's the grind. Correct. And listen, tenacity and work ethic are part of the equation. Yeah. But it's not sustainable if you're not in a good place mentally. Absolutely. And I, I think we can have this combo. That's why I wrote the book. That's great. Gary Vee.
Yeah. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Always good to have you. Yeah. Thank you so much. We should much. have you in every week. We I'm always, interested. Every time you come in, I'm like, ah, oh, gotta get yeah. He also said that you're a leader if you're a mom, right? Mm -hmm. If you're, you well, kind of redefined what it this means also, to be a leader. This also talks about being an employee and having empathy for your manager, something we don't talk about at all. Uh oh. They're human too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Again, the book, 12 and a half, out November 30th. Up next, best-selling cookbook author Mark Bittman is here in the studio. Finally, make a head Monday. Yum, I want he one. He is making some crummy cookies, his, his title. Uh, <laughs> and tomorrow, we're going to catch up with Parks and Rec star Aubrey Plaza. All that and more. Third hour today. I'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We are so excited. Make Ahead Monday. We're all excited about that. Got two recipes transforming a simple loaf of bread into something truly upper crust. But why we're really excited, Mr. Mark Bittman back in studio, author of over 30 cookbooks, host of the podcast Food with Mark Bittman is here with everything we need to know this morning. Get it? Oh. This morning. Yeah. He has Sorry. a new book Clever. out tomorrow. It's titled Bittman Bread with co-author Carrie Conan. And he's here to show us two of these recipes Sorry, with the concept. bread. Good morning to you. Good morning. So I think Good we morning. have to focus nice just for a moment on the, on the bread because both of these start with the simple loaf. You call it Bitman bread, um, which is really the core of this book. Yeah, the book is about the bread. We couldn't do the bread on the set because yeah. we'd need a two-hour spot. Okay. And no one gets that. But it's worth it. But the bread is like it uses sourdough to make 100% whole grain bread. This is the bread that has sustained human beings. I was this just is about to say, we don't have to be afraid. Because these days, we're all afraid of, a lot of people are right. afraid of bread. This is the right stuff. This is right it. Bread. All right, okay. so you're making... And we bake it, within, we use this pot to mm. bake it, and it's all beautiful and everything, and now we can wow. do that. And the, so we're going to make right. a dish to start off with called migas? Yeah, so when you have bread, you have leftover bread. Sure. Because you never can sort of pace it right. So this is a traditional Spanish dish called migas, and you start with... Fresh or stale bread. Mm -hmm. okay. You soak it in water. This part's really challenging. <laughs> Once it's absorbed a lot of the water, you squeeze it dry, mm -hmm. and it looks like this. And so you cook some chorizo. Mm. Um, that seems really easy. Well, so far, yeah. I mean, it is. <laughs> so far. You cook some chorizo. It's not complicated. <laughs> you cook some chorizo. You dump in your breadcrumbs. Now you've really taken advantage of all of this. Again, you're using whole grain bread. Mm -hmm. This stuff is good for you. Right. This, this is, is not new. the enemy. I've never heard of this. And then what is this? Um, then when the breadcrumbs cook a little while, mm -hmm. you add some garlic. Right. Okay. And you add some egg. Uh-huh. Oh. And what you're going to wind up with, I mean, obviously... You know, we're speeding up sure. because of this stuff. But Wait, I want to try what you wind up with is I just, this. I ate, I ate, yummy? Yes. You ate some already? Oh, yes. Oh, he yeah. ate, it. He ate it. Oh, that's what he does. I like to do this. I like to do the egg. I mean, I like to do the bread, the chorizo, the garlic, da, 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 and then fry a couple eggs good. on top. I would have never thought of it. Wait, what do you do on top of it? Fry a couple. I don't Ooh. put the scrambled eggs in. Mm -hmm. I fry a couple on top, but breakfast. we never would have gotten around to that. Good. Okay, now we're moving over to my area. Okay, so now the, now <laughs> the crew likes bread. me again. So, um, yeah. So the other thing we do here is we take bread and we have bread crumbs toasted. Cr hard, right? Hard. We put them in a food processor with some sugar and spices and uh, butter and eggs. Mm -hmm. And we wind up with something that looks like this. And we add... Oh. A uh, little flour and salt and these are the bread crumbs? sugar and so these are your breadcrumbs and now you have no a way. dough and you have a dough oh, and wow. if we have 
How much time do we have? We got time. We've got time for you. We got time. It's time. Uh, so you have a dough. Okay. And you fold it in there. You fold it in there, and you do it much nicer than this. Yeah. But you wind up with who knew cookies. But these, did you taste this? Not yet. Can these I? are so good because these what are, are like called. What are these called? I call them crummy cookies because you <laughs> make them with breadcrumbs, but they're like so crunchy. Like? Wait, you that's like the best cookie ever, right? You got peanut butter. Right, you can yeah. use coconut, peanut butter, a cookie chocolate. made with breadcrumbs. But, 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 sure. but this is like in here. You put the peanut butter and the chocolate yeah. in here. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Here's the thing. Or you amazing. dot the top. I have never yeah. tasted a cookie oh my God. really good, right? Yeah. Wait, this They're is really amazing. Good. And the and crispy how do you get edge? it so crunchy on the edge, crispy on the edge? No, no. This is just like a regular cookie, but oh with breadcrumbs. There's only a little flour in here. It's mostly breadcrumbs. Wow. The baking is, you know, 350 for 12 minutes or whatever. This is actually a French thing. Mm. They, they call... Petit sable, which means oh little sandies. So now, did you start baking more bread during the pandemic like the rest of us? I started doing sourdough with whole grain when I was living in Berkeley five years ago or so. But during the mm -hmm. pandemic, we were like, we got to do this book. Mm -hmm. Carry it's on. Fantastic. Because, amazing. again, this is 100% whole you, grain You made bread stuff, sexy, so. Mark. That's what you did. And, this the thing is, you started, <laughs> and you started with good bread. So but the guilt about saying right. sourdough is bread is the good bread. People yeah. know sourdough bread. So good. Mark, thank you so much for coming in. As it was really fun. Chew. It's great to be back. Good to have you back. <laughs> A bread cookie. Who knew? This is really good. The new book, Bitman Bread, is out tomorrow and for these recipes trust me it's worth it head to today.com slash food i can't get over the cookies it's really yeah. classic. oh my god i've heard of that almost we'll like right macaroons back. and it's wow. not doesn't seem like it's that complex mm. yeah the cookies are great they're not hard tomorrow wwe superstar the miz joining us live coming wow. up on hoda and jenna holiday wines for under 25 bucks that make perfect host gifts i can't get over those cookies by the way <laughs> uh, a reminder head over to our streaming channel uh, today all day new episode of saucy chef and today food stylist anthony contrino cooking up three simple yet classic italian dishes yeah just go over to today.com to watch have a great monday everybody have a great day everybody maria's Bye. here all week <laughs> try the meal <laughs>